Welcome to the Help for Wounded Spirits. This podcast exists to reach those wounded and suffering through life's trials. And now your host, Dr. Doug Carriger. It's great to be back with you folks today. As always, I'm with Stephanie Wesco, my co-host and friend. And how are you this morning, Stephanie? You know, I am rejoicing in the Lord. You know, that's your that's one of your standard answers. We we might just want to keep that as your standard answer for now on. I'm rejoicing in the Lord. And uh, because that says everything. Here well, we there's are. some mornings it wouldn't be true. But... Oh, that's a good point. But I think here we are and we're in a book about rejoicing and joy and, and I mean right. what what's a better verse than uh uh, or what's a better thought sentence and it is in the bible by the way it's a and it became a great song you know that song i could mm-hmm. not see through what was yeah. it i could not see through the darkness ahead through the shadows ahead so, so i looked to the cross of my savior instead yeah wow man that's a good, good song rejoicing the lord by ron hamilton so go out on youtube and you'll know why we're freaking out about that song but here we go we're in versa <laughs> we're in chapter three of the book of philippians we have been everywhere through the book of philippians we have we're sitting in jail with the apostle paul he's hooked to somebody he's uh, he's seen timothy he's seen epaphroditus he's saw the people from the kingdom he's there's all kinds of things going on yet god's inspiring him God's inspiring him to write his holy word. And and here we are in the midst of that inspiration. And uh, what do we see when we get to verse 310? And, and, uh, you know, we just talked about in 38 and 39, having a flawless righteousness. We we just had the 116th podcast. We finished that. And so today we start with the 117th. And 116th was this idea of a flawless righteousness that only comes for Christ. And then today we get to this point of having a better knowing sanctification type of relationship, of uh, of learning God, of seeing God, of trying to be like that and trying to be more like him. And in those first five words, Stephanie, those first five words of verse 310, that I may know him and uh, that I may know him, that my life may not be just a couple words that I memorize, but that I can get to know him. I mean, I want to know everything about him. I I want to be all in. Now, did you know the full Charles Wesco the day you got married? Nope. You learned a whole bunch, didn't you? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, but see, we're a lot of good and a little bit of weird, huh? Yeah, definitely. Guys are weird, man. Yeah. Yeah, and you had a deal. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, back there. Guys guys are their own species. That's that's what I determined after having six uh husband and six boys in a cramped motorhome. <laughs> and some of them pee on the floor. You know, that just is um, that's just TMI. <laughs> all right, all right, we're gonna keep moving forward. Um <laughs> anyway. So so Paul's saying that I may know him and you know, when I got married, I didn't know Debbie all the way. Uh, when you got married, you didn't know Charles all the way. But we really worked on it up to getting married, finding out our likes, our dislikes, finding out those things that uh, really make us happy and those things that make us sad and and, and ways that we can uh, make the day go by better and, you know, uh, meals we like. I mean, we could go on all day talking about uh, what happens during a personal relationship that Um, you know, turns into marriage and a lifetime together, but it's a constant struggle uh, keeping up with what's going on and learning things. Well, with God, God is so much more complex, but here's the good news. 
The good news is God gives us his holy word to learn him. God gives us this holy word and this holy word brings us to a place where uh, we're trying to learn as much as we can. And I found these quotes in here that I want to share with you. Uh, People have lived with a single-minded devotion to much lesser goals. For instance, old Eliza Yehuda dedicated himself to the goal of reviving the Hebrew language. Sir Edmund Hillary uh, devoted himself to pressing up steep and treacherous slopes to stand on top of Mount Everest. You know, that doesn't get my thing going here. That, uh, I don't get, that doesn't get my brain. I don't want to climb Everest, you know. Um, give me a, you know, a Jeep Wrangler and uh, a cooler full of roast beef sandwiches and Coke. And I'm all right. And, uh, but then it goes on and it says, and, and hundreds of Marin, and, and so that goes on. Christopher Columbus set his face like flint to sail westward in spite of the threat of mutiny to find a new world. Hundreds of other hundreds of other mariners had sailed westward, but none of them held on uh, so long as Columbus. Uh, and then we we find this poem about Joaquin Miller's poem captures the persistence of a man. It says, "Behind him lay the great Azores, behind the gates of Hercules, behind him not the ghost of shores, before him only shoreless seas." The good mate said, "Now we must pray, for lo, the very stars are gone." Brave admirals speak, and shall I say, why say, sail on, sail on, sail on. They sailed and sailed as the wind might blow, until at last the blanched mate said, why now not even God would know, should I and all my men fall dead. These very winds forgot their way, for God from these dread seas is gone. Now speak, brave admiral, speak and say, he said, sail on, sail on, and on. So what's the difference between Christopher Columbus and his crew and us is, you know, when I wrote this down, when I drew this out on a piece of paper, I mean, isn't that where we need to be? We need to just point our heads toward God. We need to point our mind. Isn't that what you're thinking, Stephanie? I mean, what, what do we get from that? Uh, what do we get from that little five words that I may know him? What, what does that mean? Well, I think that I may know him correlates with uh, my life verses of Hebrews 12, specifically verse 2, that says, looking unto Jesus, the author and finish of our faith. And I think there's that, that you know, that wonderful, since you, you know, you brought in the, the analogy of when you get married, but there's, you know, when you start, um, you know, getting to know the person you're hoping to marry someday, that that looking at them, that, that um, studying them, finding out what they love, finding out what they don't like, um, finding out what their dreams and aspirations are for life, and finding ways you can please them and make them happy. That's getting to know someone. That's that's looking at them. That's studying them. And that's, I think, what Paul is, is saying here. Paul wants to, he, his eyes are fixed on Christ. And as he's counted all these things lost for Christ, yeah. It's because he wants he wants to become everything Christ is and wants him to be. And it's that he's in love with Christ. That's the bottom line, I think, of knowing Christ is you're in love with him and he's your all in all. And um, he's the one where you find your ultimate peace and satisfaction and joy and comfort. And I think that's that's all encompassed in that one little word of knowing him. 
I do. I, I, I get it. And then we get over here to the rest of the verse and it says in the power. Not only do I want to know him, but I want to know the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being made conformable unto his death. And you know, when I, every time I look at this verse, I go right back to Southland where they have this verse hanging on the wall down there at Southland Christian Camp. And every time you get up to eat, you say that verse and then you pray and you ask the Lord to do a work in your heart. But you see this, the power of his resurrection you know, I was thinking a little while earlier as I was studying, just before we got on and started working on this, of, uh, of this particular verse and the power of his resurrection. And, and you know, we got a real good glimpse on the power of his resurrection. Do you remember Lazarus? Remember when the, mm -hmm. when the Lord called him Lazarus? And uh, when the Lord yeah. did that, man, it, it just, if he had not said the word Lazarus, I believe all the dead would arose. That's the power yeah. our God has. And, uh, and I believe that. I, I think that uh, uh, there's, you know, there's a, there's a resurrection power that is unbelievable. Um, and uh, I mean, what do you think of resurrection power? What comes to your mind when you think of resurrection power? Well, resurrection power for us now, the ultimate comfort of that is that, um, you know, Jesus says, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me. Though he were dead, yet shall he live. And just the power of Christ to have conquered death. And um, my two oldest sons and I are learning a song right now titled um, To Live or Die. And the last verse talks about that of, and if I die, I'll live again. Wow. And that powerful concept of because Christ died for us and then not only conquered our sin on the cross, but then conquered death and the grave and the power that death held over the human race. He conquered that when he rose from the dead. And because he has the power of that resurrection and he lives in us. Yeah. If we die, we live again with wow. him forever in heaven. And yeah. for me, that's, that's a huge comfort. It is. Um, yeah on multiple levels, you know, when you lose a child, um, when you miscarry a child to know that death doesn't hold power over that child, that that child is in heaven. Um, you know, when you lose a loved one, when you lose a spouse to know that that person that you loved isn't gone. Yes. They may not be here anymore on earth, but they're alive and they're well, uh, and that's that's just like wow that gives you such a peace and a comfort and a joy that the world cannot explain or give in any way right right and and i think that's you know and, and for me too what you're saying i mean right on uh, right right where, where our thinking needs to be i think even peter you know the lord's on his way to the garden of gethsemane and and peter said i will not deny you remember that mm -hmm. and the lord came yeah. back i think and said you'll deny me three times and and folks, forgive me, I, yeah. you know, uh, if there's one thing I should do is take better notes before these things. But that just came to mind. <laughs> and when in and, and the power of his resurrection and the sufferings and thinking about that, Peter said, there's no way I'm going to deny you. Uh, there's yeah. no way it's going to happen. And then it happened. And, yeah. uh, and then Peter was overwhelmed at his denial. Remember, it was haunting him. And he went out and he wept bitterly. And a lot of people claim that, you know, maybe he went back to the Garden of Gethsemane. You know, he ran there and said, wow, 
I can't believe I did this. You see, Peter entered into the knowledge at that point of the Lord's resurrection there at the cross. Everything changed to him. He realized that God was resurrected, something, and, and you know, he never forgot that scene. It, uh, yeah. Life became different for Peter. And, and, and I think, friends, those of us, you know, listen, uh, I know that 99% of the people listening to this podcast are either suffering from some kind of hurt or they're getting ready to or they're helping people who do. And we're well aware of our crowd. We're well aware of the uh, ladies and gentlemen that we speak to on a daily basis on this podcast. But, but I'll tell you something, friends, you need to understand uh, the cross. You need to understand what happened at Calvary. You need to read through that. And it's just not an Easter thing. We actually wrote a song, Stephanie and I did. I wrote the song. She edited it a little bit. It was real long, too. It was the first song I ever wrote before I knew Stephanie. And uh, mm -hmm. you remember that song, Stephanie? Yeah, the Holy Hill. Yeah, what happened on that Holy Hill? So, friends, yeah. what I'm telling you is read your Bible. Learn what happened there at the Garden of Gethsemane. Learn what happened there at Golgotha. Learn what happened with those things. And, you know, there's so much that happened afterwards. We got Doubting Thomas, and then he sees Christ. He's like, whoa, this is real. And, uh, folks, this needs to become real to us. If we're going to make a difference today, we need to walk around with the power of the resurrection of Jesus Christ in our lives. If we're going to make a difference in people's worlds today, we need to have that. We need to be in the fellowship of his sufferings and to know that we're going to suffer. And, and, and Stephanie talked yesterday when we were recording. She, she had mentioned how bad her body's been hurting since that knucklehead rear-ended us in 85, an exit 54 in South Carolina, one quarter mile from our exit, uninsured, knucklehead, uh, hit and run. And, uh, but we got these sufferings and we got a choice. And you know what that choice is, Stephanie? We could be laying around right now rather than doing this podcast. But I'm hoping that the reason we're doing this podcast is not out of some kind of duty, but is out of understanding the power of his resurrection. That is out of understanding how God changed things. That's uh, understanding that uh, we're being made conformable into his death. That, that hey, we need to conform to this. You know, there's going to come a time, whether we like it or not, uh, there's going to come a time uh, where the Lord is going to call us home. Unless, unless he comes back, uh, Stephanie, with the shout and the trump, uh, you know, one of these days we're, gonna, we're not going to be here. And, and, and so we need to understand the power of his resurrection. We need to take fellowship in his sufferings and, and, and you know, and, and somehow, somehow being made conformable unto his death. Because don't we, I mean, aren't you thinking, Stephanie, that we have the same thing at death? Uh, we get to go be with the Lord. So, I mean, if yeah. we're crucified, it's okay because to die is gain. I mean, what are you thinking there, Stephanie? Well, I think there's the, this is a supernatural thing. It is. And um, I think there's an element too here where God gives a special grace. He yeah. gives a special grace to live. He gives a special grace to die. And, um, Paul had obviously, God was showering him as he's in jail, as he's not knowing what the future holds. I believe God, in many of the same ways he brought Charles to that place of living or dying, it didn't matter to Charles. Yeah. God, that God had brought Paul to that same place of showering him with that same grace. And, um, you know, this isn't, this isn't something we can just decide oh, well, it doesn't really matter to me whether I live or die. That's not our human nature in any way, shape, or form. No way close, yeah. And um, this is a supernatural enablement of 
from God to be able to say that, um, to, for Paul to say, I want to know him. I want to know the power of his resurrection. I want to know the fellowship of his sufferings. I want to be made conformable to his death. Yeah. You can't just say that unless you have the grace of God and the power of God exuding from you. Man, you need a big and, Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's only the almighty God of the universe can give you the grace and the power and the strength to even make that statement. And Paul had come to that. God had, you know, he had been walking with God many, many years by this point. And he's saying in the end, all that, this is all that matters to me. And I think for Paul, Knowing Christ encompassed all of these things. It encompassed the power of his resurrection. It encompassed the fellowship of his sufferings. It encompassed unto his death. And when you think about that, being conformable to Christ's death, Christ wanted to... Ah, oh, you faded out. The, the old devil faded out. I faded out? Yeah, you did. And, uh, but you, oh, I heard bad. you say, did I fade out? Yeah, we lost about 10 seconds of airtime there. So I'm not exactly, you were at that point where you were talking about supernatural. Uh, you were talking about how Paul did it. The last thing you said in Paul, and then you kind of stopped. Okay. I was saying Paul, you know, had come to that point of realizing all of these three, the three or four um, aspects of knowing Christ here. He wanted all of it. He wanted to know all of this um, life of Christ, yeah. you know, all this stuff that it was included. And to be conformable unto Christ's death is powerful to me because Christ not only went through the physical agony of the cross, he went through bearing the sins of the world, yeah. bearing the burdens of the entire world. And to be so to be made conformable to that death, Paul is saying, you know, and he said there's other places in, in these epistles where he says, I'm willing to be spent for you. Yeah. And that's, I think that is being conformable to his death where you're willing to lay down your life for your fellow brother or sister, but then you're willing to lay down your daily life for others. And that's what Christ did. And that's what his that's included in his death, you know, of dying to self, dying to your own ambitions and plans to help someone else, to minister to someone else. And I mean, knowing Christ is a, <laughs> that I may know him, you know, it, it's, it's five simple words, but the, everything that's included in that statement is overwhelmingly powerful and can only be achieved yeah. through the spirit of God and the grace of God that's being poured right. out on you. And it can only be it can only be achieved by knowing God's word, by knowing God's plan, mm -hmm. by by knowing what God has for us, and to be studying His word and to making God paramount in your life, to making Him first, to putting Him up front, and and I think that's what Paul's talking about. And I think we're going to see mm -hmm. in probably tomorrow's podcast as we go in and look at this. I think we're going to see where even Paul is saying. Hey, man, I had to come to this place. You know, I, I had to, uh, you know, I, this isn't something I had already uh, attained. Either were I already perfect. This is something I had to work at. And I, I think in verse 11, mm -hmm. it gives us a little more of an idea of what's going on. It says, by any means, I might attain unto the resurrection of the dead. And you do that by being saved. Paul believed in the resurrection of the dead. <laughs> 
excuse me, he talked about that in Thessalonians. He he went on and told us all about the resurrection, how it was going to happen, how it's coming, and and boy, God had inspired those words to him. So you you know you can imagine uh, that as the apostles talking, as he's going on, and he's saying, by any means that I might attain unto the resurrection of the dead. And I think that verse is talking more to us than Paul. It's saying, by any means, get on that resurrection bandwagon. By any means, sign up. By any means, enlist. By any means, no matter what you're going through, no matter how bad things are, no matter what the case may be, accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Buy into his plan. Work on your sanctification. I mean, isn't that what you're seeing there, Stephanie? I mean, it's saying, by any means. I think Paul's saying, get busy doing, you know, what God has for you to do. Paul was like, whatever I have to do to, to serve Christ and to be committed and sold out to him. Yeah. That's what he's going to do. And what? Paul, of all people, to be concerned about, <coughs> you know, having what? pleased God and served the Lord to the fullest. Yeah. If Paul was worried about that, where does that leave me? Exactly. It's it's something that we need to contend with. And we've talked about that yeah. in Philippians. It's, it's something we need to work with. It's something we need to push on that I may know him. It needs to be a daily thing. It needs to be an hourly thing. It needs to be, you know, we, we change. God changes us. And, you know, sometimes it's only a little teeny bit at a time. And, you know, the biggest obstacle to accept and change from God, the biggest obstacle to being different when God saves you is us. You know, go look yeah. in the mirror. And and I think it's so important here that we understand what Paul says. And once again, I know I've said this a hundred different times, but Paul's in jail here. He's handcuffed and shackled. I mean, he's writing this down. And undoubtedly, Stephanie, he's talking to this unsaved guard and, and, and this knucklehead, knucklehead next to him. And, and he's saying, you know, I had to work at this. And, uh, yeah. you know, I work at this every single day. And uh, friends, I think our lesson is, is to do our Bible reading, to do our devotions. And in a way, you're doing a devotion, listen to this podcast with us every day. And we, we're thankful for that. We're thankful for this opportunity to be with you. But we also have to uh, know him that I may know him. And, and we, we got to know the power of the resurrection. We, we got to become part of that. We, we got to be part of the fellowship of his sufferings. We, we got to be made conformable unto God's death because he's taken us with him. We get to go with him, man. We, there's a door that's going to be wide open for us when we accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. But what Paul's talking about throughout the book of Philippians, it's even bigger than that. It's bigger than that, Stephanie. Not only is there a door open, but there's a path open for us to serve God, bring others with us, live a different life, to rejoice in the Lord as you started the podcast off, to be a different person. And I think that's what's going on here. Yeah. No, I think it's that Paul's whole life was Christ. And there's there's a depth of it that it's like, wow, it just literally leaves me just saying, okay, God, everything you, you know, I think it is, if you've been through struggles in your life, if you've been through a loss, if you've been through trauma and you're suffering with all of the whys, when I read Philippians, it brings so much comfort to know that in the end, if it's to know Christ more, if it is to be partaker in, in the fellowship of his sufferings and to know and be made conformable unto his death, then in light of eternity, is it not worth it? And it gives those trials and tribulations that we go through 
and um, struggle with. It gives them purpose and it gives us a peace and a confidence to keep, you know, keep stepping forward, keep running that race. Yeah. And to know that knowing Christ, when that's our end goal, it helps change the perspective for all of the little things along the way. It sure does. It sure does. And what a great place to end here as we talk about this. And folks that I may know him, this 117th podcast that I may know him, know him, brethren, know him, learn him, live him, read his Bible, pray to him, commune with him, uh, be made conformable unto his death. And if you're not saved today, brethren, get saved. Accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. It's a sin problem. The Bible says we fall short of God. Uh, it says we fall short of the glory of God. And brethren, we do. Only Christ can get us over that bank and, uh, or over that void. And, and then the Bible says that uh, we're all sinners that fall short. And then the Bible says, but there's a price on sin. And that price is death. The Bible says for the wages of sin is death because sin has entered into this world because I'm a sinner. I face an uncertain death. But here's the great news. The Bible says, but God commendeth his love toward us. And while we were yet sinners, before any of us were born, Christ died for us. And, and Stephanie, people can know, they can receive Christ. They can mm -hmm. know they're a sinner. They can know because of their sin, they're going to die. They can know that Jesus paid that price. It's not nothing. It's not anything I can do. It's not anything Stephanie can do. It's not anything your pastor can do. It's about you and God. And then it goes on to tell us in the book of Romans that we must speak it with our mouth. In other words, we got to believe those things. We're sinners. And because of that sin, we're going to die. But Jesus paid that price. So we ask God to save us, believing that word for word, speaking it with our mouth. In other words, praying to him. And it goes on, the Bible goes on and talks about righteousness. And, and it even talks about salvation when we speak with our mouth. It's accepting Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. Folks, we're so thankful you took the time to listen to us today. We'd, we'd love to spend more time with you, maybe even one-on-one. -on -one. Give us a call. Uh, look us up on our private pages and know that we're praying for you. We sure do love you, folks. Hope you have a great day. Thank you. Thank you for listening today. We hope this podcast has been a blessing in your life. For helpful resources and to help continue this podcast, visit us at WoundedSpirits.com.